For the next Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Days. Happy anniversary. This is No Speaks Aloud, and I am at not underscore spooky. And this is NSA underscore mod for as long as any situation will have us. You will start the development of those traits in your personality that will enable you to make people like you. I, I mean, that's fine. I feel like I had this argument a little bit earlier. You did? Yeah. Interesting. I am fine. They're their own private company. They can do whatever they want. I am more at this point just challenging everyone to leave it. Hashtag walk away. Are you gonna walk away? Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, I mean, I have, like to me, it's just I haven't concerted my effort. I would say that I put more of my effort into Discord, yeah. and that is what I put most of my time in. But like that, I guess is my goal. For would you be open to the void joining the Discord? I, you know what? I'm not that opposed, mainly because there's not, there's nothing. It's not like we were doxing ourselves. Yeah, I, I have avoided putting people's personal information in there intentionally. Interesting. So And uh, it's also more like a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of the links are cited, I would say. Perhaps if you're interested in um, seeing uh, NSA Mod's stream of thought <laughs> and where he gets all of his um, information from, uh, perhaps email us yeah. at... And then no, at that point, can, pod. can be sent a, what you call it, a Discord link. Yep. Or um, you can reach out to us on uh, Twitter Yeah. for as long as we'll be there. So. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have an issue. I just feel that people should leave the platform. I think that we have made these platforms kind of... At what point will you leave Discord? I think if the same thing, like if they start... There, I posted a series of companies that basically were like... On Woke Capital? Yes. Yeah. Which is basically just lifting straight off of Woke Capital. <laughs> but uh, I, I just thought that it was just kind of like... All these companies were just like disavowing and stuff like that. And just like companies that just shouldn't even have an opinion on politics. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that dynamic nowadays with how everything needs to be... It, is that a function of Trump? I, well, that and also... Because, like I said, I wasn't politically aware mm-hmm. prior to 2018. I mean, I would say there's been, like... I would say Ben & Jerry's has always been a company that's been, like, at least somewhat politically out there. But as for every other company, it's always been, like, well, we're going to take one step to, like, take care of the planet or what have you. Sure. I would say that when... Um, gay rights like the gay marriage started coming out then at that point a lot of companies started to like oh here's like our pride um like oreos or stuff like that pride flag yeah or our pride logo yeah but i at this point i feel that companies have this weird need to have like a political minded like pr side um does that go in into like the documentary we just watched as well like is it politically advantageous for them are they trying to stay alive are they trying to get in good with the elites i don't think it's uh, so um i would say that if you actually uh, go through world capital he has a little section where he talks about like his meaning and he kind of views it as three things or whereas like one of them is like these these come like this like this particular company is just like outright like basically 
woke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other two are more along the lines of just kind of like... They're grifting? Not grifting, but just kind of like, oh, everyone else is doing this? All right, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peer I, pressure. Yeah, in a sense of peer pressure. Or kind of they feel that like if they don't make a comment, then at that point it's going to be looked as a... as a comment itself. Interesting. I mean, I guess we saw that with, um, I guess Reebok, was it Reebok or CrossFit? No, I'm not sure what you're um, There was a company that was like some sports company that the owner had to step down because he's like, we're not, we're not commenting on George Floyd's death. That doesn't concern us. We're an athletic company. And so like everyone was outraged. I'm not sure what company that would be, but I, I feel like that should be the status quo. Like, I don't need to know what your politics are. Right, but if that was what, like, an abrupt change happened, lots of people would have to step down because of the outrage mob. Yeah. So, like, I mean, think about it. Like, a company, I mean, some companies have, like, 2,000-plus people, and you're basically just saying, like, hey, this is the voice that we're all going to have. And I was just like, that that seems pretty messed up in a way, like, you're, you're losing your... Almost like a representative democracy. <laughs> you lose your voice. And I... I... I disavow. You disavow? Um, yeah, interesting. But yeah, like, to go back, I, I feel that in the end, um, I don't expect those platforms to change and I have no reason to make them change. My thing is just, there's no reason to use them. If it's the, like... I've been seeing lots online because I'm in libertarian Twitter. Um, they're, they're like, if you're asking Twitter to not ban uh, Trump, you're asking the baker to bake the cake. And we, if you're principled, you're not going to ask the anyone to do anything they don't want to if they're a private company. Yeah, and I completely understand that. And to me, I just kind of feel like, why support these companies that actively hate you and literally make fun of you? Exactly. Um, it's just hard because everything else is a joke. Like, I'd say Parler's basically a joke. I mean, sure, but, like, it's one of those things that, like, when Twitter first started coming out, like, it, what it was is no longer what it is. And then that's kind of the thing is that I feel that so many of these people, and this is kind of a bigger theory, is that... So many of these people are so obsessed with having blue check marks or what have you, mm-hmm. is that they're just actively doing these like PR campaigns against any alternative. I mean, consider YouTube. YouTube has like ten different like alternate like competitors out there, but like how often do you even hear the name? You, you like B- Vimeo, for example, has been around for the exact same amount of time. Or even Daily Motion, and like those companies, like you barely, like no one ever even says like, "Hey, I'm gonna like maybe start a Daily Motion account or something like that." Yeah, never. Because it's like, I, I is there I, money to be made there? I mean, uh, that I haven't considered or looked into. Because like, if so, like maybe there's an untapped potential there. But uh, the best one I think that I, that came out I think was called um, I think like Uvid. On Daily Month? Or just it was a competitor. competitor? Okay. Yeah, but they what about BitChute? Uh, BitChute is the same, but you're not going to make money there. You're going to make money if you have... A sponsorship or something. Or a um, hosting platform. To, like, not like... Um, kind of like a... Pay, no, 
uh, Patreon or okay, yeah, I see. But subscribe, sub- subscribe, star or Patreon, yeah. isn't that that? I don't know if Patreon still exists. I don't think it exists. I remember when it did though. Those interesting times, but um, yeah, um, these companies. I do also think there's some nuance in the um, discussion because if these companies are what the sitting president uses as the public square like why is a private company in charge like i'm not i'm for private companies being in charge of things but like why is a private company in charge of the public forum public square does that does that make sense what i'm saying like that kind of goes into section 230 yeah the publish publisher versus platform mm-hmm. um i guess but like is there like a middle ground to be had where like would turning them into a publisher solve the problems i think if they were a publisher then at that point people would know what to expect as opposed to thinking because it's like I, I think in a lot of these situations people kind of go about it in a sense as if like they don't want they don't acknowledge that censorship happens really unless like if it happens to anyone on the right or what have you then it's like oh well you probably did something that at that point justified the TOS but the TOS was basically literally amended around figuring out a way to get them removed mm-hmm. interesting I once I like to me I just feel just walk away I I think if anything that's mean I've been looking for a company to boycott <laughs> Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, I, I had a conversation about that. I, was like, I, I walked away from Facebook about like a decade ago, and it was just like, because I used to use it the same way as my Discord. Where yeah. It was just like, I used to just post links constantly to reference, and I was like, I, I don't support the company in any way and what they're doing, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure they're a CIA front, so I'm just going to stop using it. CIA and, front. <laughs> Interesting. So, I mean, and it's been... I don't think that's disputed either. But it's been a decade, and I don't like. I never consider like that. I'm missing out. The only issue for me is I have friends in faraway places, and that's the only way I'm able to communicate with them. But think about this summer. I mean, Skype existed, but for some reason, everyone just hopped in onto Zoom. Like, I, I think that if you can easily convince anyone to just like hop onto a platform, if you can either walk them through. That is interesting. Yeah. Why? Why did that happen? God only knows. Because Zoom sucks. Like, I don't like Zoom. Um, yeah, I, I don't like Zoom at all. I but think. now it's like the standard. Like, I've had... Um, I don't know if that's toxic. I've had interviews, mm-hmm. and normally, if you don't go in, it'd be over Skype. But mm-hmm. now it's always over Zoom. Not even Microsoft Teams, either, which I think is interesting. That's true. Um, I know people that use Microsoft Teams most of the year, actually, as yeah. opposed to Zoom. I've worked in companies that use it. I think Microsoft Teams has its purpose. Yeah. But to the, <laughs> to the point that, um, that Zoom became de facto, I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Well, as we're looking at the rolling credits of... Isn't there extras? Um, I, I mean, like this movie, let's see, well... 
Um, yeah, there's, there's still extras, so there's mm. more stuff to be had. Anyway, um, it is our anniversary of... Or do you have more stuff? We still have more stuff to talk about this week. Well, the, I, I, the riot, the, the riots. I, I, I feel that this kind of goes hand in hand with what I was saying um, last week. That at this point in time, with a massive amount of people being deplatformed and stuff like that, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to create literally what it was back in 2012, or like 2016, where you have massive amount of people that are not being able to communicate and then also being told that hey you are the terrorist for supporting this so at this point you're dehumanizing them and basically making them seem as a bad guy radicalizing them further i'd say yeah and then like what's what's going to happen it's like you're you're going to create a mob that does not care anymore and has nothing to lose i I feel that in the future, like, if an alternative create is in, is made, is going to be one hundred percent like supported, like if for these people. But I, I feel that like, if violence takes on the sh- like gets on the street, like, I would say the way that we've done government is no longer going to be as it was. Like, I would say that, like, politicians are going to have, like, security forces on staff at all point because if anyone doesn't like anything that's being, like, passed through Congress that gets any form of publicity... Is that beneficial? To what? Have them scared, or is it just furthering totalitarianism? I think it's just furthering the idea of a democracy. I think that it's just going to make us pure mob rule. Interesting. So how will like election, think, like how will elections work then like if, so if if these politicians are scared only the power most power hungry are gonna go after these positions yeah that and also like I don't know if you ever watch like any sports stuff but like if this team doesn't win we riot it's true um, I know like in Philadelphia. Even, like, when they lost? Philadelphia, Boston, I mean, L.A. is worse also. Yeah. I I just imagine that this summer and basically the past week has basically been fomenting a series of making people into just outright, like, all right, well, we're going to come to your home and basically force you to change your opinion. Now, I, I kind of think of it in a sense of like, well, think about this, if it was back in 2012 when you had like, um, like, gay marriage and stuff like that up for, like, if that were to be like a, a situation now, I can easily imagine that if like gay marriage was tossed down, that people would basically storm the courts and start basically like, throwing like, Molotov cocktails, FBI no bully. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Um, I guess, I guess that makes sense because, <clears throat> but are we reaching a point to where it's obvi- like blatantly clear that it's only the right half of society that will get reprimanded? I mean, it's abundantly clear to the right, but the left hand basically controls the media and they feel, they feel that like, sure. 
they're in the center. They're not even on the left. But they're in the center, and they're making the left thinks they're in the center. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Like the st- they they believe they're making a very objective and logical choice about how they're going thing, and anything that the right does is always extreme right, far right. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Like it's it's far right to them because they're basically on the other side. True. But they think of themselves as left. I mean, as a center. Yep. Interesting. Who's closer to the center? Quote unquote. Well. My view of the center is um, Hillary Clinton, and like Joe Biden would be a prime example for me of what the center actually is. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I I view them as not really having political will per se; it is more driven by finances. Like the Bilderberg Group, or not the Bilderberg the. Rothschilds, banking cartel. So, I mean, that was something I looked into. I found out, like, I mean, I guess maybe it could be a little bit obvious, but they're no longer, like, the richest family in the, the world. Who is? Um, the Kochs. Oh, yeah, the Koch brothers. Which is interesting, because they have right-leaning tendencies. Supposedly. Sometimes. Supposedly. Interesting, what do you know? I, If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure they were against immigration. Like, well, I guess, like... Isn't that right-leaning? No, no, as an immigration, like... Um, Restriction. Yeah. Interesting. Because sometimes they're more libertarian as well. Like... Yeah. So, if, like, the pure libertarian ideals are open borders, technically? I... I don't feel that way. Even, you know what? Your boy, Ron Paul, was saying, hey, we should... Yeah, I saw him, and I was like... Must have been... Awesome. Like, you were a Ron Paul supporter back in the day? Like, yeah. It must have been, like, amazing to be a part of that, like, groundswell. Uh, I remember um, I funded, he had a thing called Money Bomb, where basically he was just, like, it got him to be on the debate because he did, like, a, a crap load of money being donated to him. Mm-hmm. So then that way he can be on the 2008 debates. Interesting. That's how he was able to get on? Yeah, because basically he was able to pay his way on there by people donating to him. Interesting. Because <clears throat> I hear all this, all these stories and then, like, I see him, like, being courageous. And, like, what it, what it must have been like just to have a politician like that. Work like someone that actually seemed like they were working for you, and still in Congress at the time, mm-hmm. not like some ex representatives or what have you. That like now that they have nothing to lose, like oh yeah, this is all terrible. Yeah, uh, don't have a lot of people with backbones. So I I don't imagine at this point that like I think. I think that we're all really obsessed with living that no one has a backbone anymore. What do you mean? Well, think about it. Like, if you, like, if back in the 1800s, 1700s, what have you, like, these people died at a very young age because they felt strongly about, like, their country. Whereas, like, not, like I'm willing to, I, I wish that someone maybe would pull up statistics. I'm curious how much amount of people desert the U.S. military nowadays versus back then. Because I'm willing to bet that it's probably way... Percentage? Yeah. Interesting. 
like I'm willing to bet that at this point there's way more people that are like MIA missing in action deserted like the, the like the army what have you also real quick um Bitcoin, pauser. not no Bitcoin is on a tumble it was at 40,000 this morning it's down 5.31% in the last 18 minutes it's down to 34,000 Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, it says thirty-seven for me. Oh, maybe mine's just a little delayed. I don't know. But oh, it, it kicked back up basically. So it went to thirty-four. Right yeah, now. I'm at thirty-six nine five one right now. So yeah. Oh boy. Well, so long. Well, I I see this correction is necessary, but. No, uh, it needs to go back down. Yeah. I, I want this to be the beginning of like the like a black January where it's just like everyone lost a bunch of money. <laughs> well, if you, if they, you say that, that, I'm about to sell. <laughs> that like... Uh, Basically, if it dips below the 21-week moving average, I will sell. Like Bitcoin goes down to back to like 2,000. Oh. Like, man, if that happened... Would you buy in? I mean, I would buy in, sure, but <laughs> I would... To me, it would be such a funny event. O- only funny in a very, I guess, sardonic, like, <laughs> I enjoy laughing at terrible stories. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry for that interruption. Um, back to our, your regular, regularly scheduled programming about... Ethereum. Yes. Ethereum's actually on the climb. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's at 12,000, what have you. Like, I mean, well, 1,200. Hmm. Except it started a little bit of a correction. Yeah. But But see, that's the thing. It's like the correction between Ethereum and then also like Bitcoin is so different that like to me, I, I that's why I feel that Bitcoin is like very inflated. Like I don't think it's genuine. Interesting. Well, you can you can look at the volume, what's happening, and where it's coming from. It's not like because if you're subscribing to the Tether argument. Tether would move down in accordance to how much, um, like, volume, like, amount of money coming in and out. Um, Tether's volume would go down in accordance to how much volume was coming in to Bitcoin. And it hasn't really showed that. So, if you're, if that's how you're saying it's in I, I guess to me, it was like, when I was looking at it a couple days ago, oh. <laughs> darn um when i was looking at it earlier this week there was an article that was like oh bitcoin reaches forty thousand, and i was just like ethereum only had gone up like twenty dollars and it was just like how did this spike like like because there's typically a correlation between the two mm-hmm. but yet like i'll tell you what the exact correlation is actually one to one um uh coinbase actually tracks correlations and it gives you a percentage when um, Bitcoin moves, the closest moving, oh, <laughs> really, Dogecoin moves tightly together with Bitcoin. 91% correlation. That would be like half a cent. Yeah, like it's like 0. 0.001. Huh, interesting. I guess um, Ethereum and... Um, Bitcoin have less than half half 
like 50% correlation. Mm. So, which is interesting, but. I wonder if you can start buying a bunch of Dogecoin and create like a false. Uh... There's actually pretty high like um, volume in it. If you give me a minute, I can tell you how much is actually in it at any current moment. So Doge coin is worth point zero zero nine eight nine one zero. I mean, it, but how much it like? How I feel that people are constantly selling it once it goes up a little. I my thing would be, if you keep buying it, could you create the same amount of? Um, interest as what you call like maybe an ethereum i don't know like if you were to put down like a thousand dollars worth into doge like i mean at that point you well the market caps one billion point 1.2 billion okay so to have any sway in that you have to do over a million okay so let's say if you're that crazy <laughs> yeah that's called arbitrage which is totally possible. So you just short the price and then you sell off. No, I was thinking basically create like a false, like uh, people thinking like, oh, this is back. Let's all start investing in this again. Yeah, that's arbitrage. Yeah, so at that point, like let it go up to maybe like $20, $25. You bought in at like a shaving of a penny. And then at that point, once it goes up to like $20, then sell. Well... It's highest it's ever been is literally one cent. Oof. So, <laughs> that's that's what they want you to say because it's Dogecoin. So they want you to say woof. Um, but yeah, to go back to the original topic, I, I think that people are too obsessed with the idea of living. Living? Yeah. That they don't consider that if you have things that you are strong for, that maybe, like, it makes sense for you to die for them, not advocating violence. Well, that would be advocating, like, dying for something, which isn't, would mean someone else would have to enact violence on you. That, or I mean, like, I, like, I feel like there are, di like, hills that you would die on. I think that everyone has. I think most people... Eating bugs? Huh? Eating bugs? Yeah, I mean, at that point... <laughs> But, like, I feel like, I mean, for the most part, like, for their family, people would die for them easily. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to certain things, like, you should have strong opinions. I agree. I wonder, like, if there's any political will that I would die for. I don't think there is. I, I think that if China were to come in and basically, like, troops running in the streets, you'd probably pick up a gun. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'd try to get out. Okay, then you'd probably kill people on the way to get out. I would protect myself. So, if that involved killing someone, yes. Most likely. Yeah. It would. Interesting. So, um, recap of the week. Nothing really happened. <laughs> That's just a joke. Uh, the protests on Capitol Hill... Uh, everyone being labeled a terrorist. The censoring of Trump. Censoring of Trump. That's been pretty crazy. And purges like crazy on Twitter. Um, lots of the guys I follow say they lost like 2,000 followers or 200 to... I can't remember. So, I mean, think about that. Like, 
what is the purpose of saying, hey, once again, not only are you losing your followers, but you're also losing, like, any voice that may potentially agree with you or what have you. And it's just like, it's becoming a pure echo chamber for the left. I mean, Mozilla, the, the makers of Firefox, basically mm -hmm. said like, hey, you know what, let's rethink the internet. Deplatforming is a good thing. I didn't see that. Did you just barely post that on Discord? I posted that on Friday. Interesting. What What's their reasoning? That essentially, that the internet has allowed for people to become radicalized so then as a result you should just basically just cut them off at the knees and start the platforming like i know yes, that because because people care about freedom of speech you should just say you know it doesn't matter safety matters more that's interesting that that's counterintuitive to me a radicalized person like if i were seeing stuff I and mean, like I've already like traveled down that rabbit hole and I think this is what the government is capable of and then they do it they go ahead and de-platform me then that's not going to de-radicalize me that's going to radicalize me further here is the their thing the article is called we need more de-platforming or we need more than de-platforming there is no question that social media played a role in the siege and takeover of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Since there, there has been significant focus on the deplatforming of President Donald Trump. By all means, the question of what, of when to deplatform a head of state is a critical one among many that must be addressed. When should platforms make, this deci make these decisions? Is decision-making power theirs alone? But as reprehensible as the actions of Donald Trump's are, the rampant use of the internet to foment violence and hate and reinforced white supremacy is more about is is about more than any one personality. Donald Trump is not certainly not the first politician to exploit the architects of the internet, the architecture of the internet in this way, and he won't be the last. We need the solution that and that does that don't start after untold damage has been done. Changing these these dangerous dynamics require more than just a temporary silencing or permanent removal of bad actors from social media platform. Additional steps uh, and specific actions must be taken. Reveal who is paying for advertisement, how much they are paying, and who is being targeted. Commit to meaningful transparency of the platform algorithm so we know how and what content is being amplified to whom in the associated impact. Turn on by default tools that amplify factual voices over disinformation. Work with independent researchers to facilitate in-depth studies of the platform impacts on people, our society, and what we can do to improve these things. These are the actions that platforms can take and should commit to today. The answer is not to do away with the internet, but to build a better one that can withstand and gird against these type of challenges. This is how we begin to do that. Interesting. That doesn't make me tickle pink. That doesn't make sense to me. But if I put my normie brain in, like that would be a perfectly reasonable article. No, I... Do you have a normie brain to put in? I mean, I've had conversations with normies. I, um... Like you don't think a normie would see that as reasonable? 
I I don't know. Or do you think that's mainly instead of putting my normie brain in, I put my woke brain in? I mean, I guess in, in the woke brain, anything is. I, I think that you would rationalize anything under the sun just to basically smother any voice you dislike. Maintain power. I don't know. I, I guess to me, the the only thing that I can think of is like, fuck that. Like I. I, I, it's like, it's been a year of, like, not, like, swearing or anything like that, but, like, literally, just, like, fuck that. Like, I, I don't care about what your opinion is of the internet. I don't think that, um, basically censoring or deplatforming any, anyone is a good thing. And then at that point, what you're going to basically put in as, like, researchers and essentially, like, the people to, like, just to take away disinformation are people that you agree with. It's not going to be people like, at no point is any of these people ever going to read someone from the opposite side and be like, oh, I didn't think about this. I literally had a conversation a couple days ago with someone that was basically literally Antifa. And I, and I had a conversation with them was telling them like, Hey, like you do like, they were basically saying that what happened on Wednesday is unique to the Republican party. And I was like, how is that even possible? Like, you literally burnt down buildings, you've gone to people's homes, you went to, like, even Tucker Carlson's home, basically, threatened his family when he wasn't even there. Like, you had situations where people were, like, uh, they were following people in the uh, in restaurants, airports, etc. Like, I mean, you had the bike lock guy who basically got beat over the head with a bike lock. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, you've had people basically start throwing cement milkshakes. It's like... Not only that, but even this summer, basically, like, D.C. was on fire. It was just, like, Mm -hmm. the only thing that the right did was go into the building and then maybe, like, I don't know, what was it, like, uh, like, vandalize some stuff? But in the end, all they did... It's public property. If anything should be vandalized, or could be vandalized without repercussions, it should be stuff that they paid for. But, and that's what I'm saying. It's, like, in the end, like, they did nothing... Compared to what happened this summer, in this summer, like you had cops being murdered, you had people basically that were because it was anarchy going on. The the cops basically. Hey, said, I like that. It's like you. It, what do you call it? Like um, crime, uh, murder in New York City went up ninety five percent last year because of the whole Black Lives Matter movie, and as a result, as a result of like basically people, what you call it, like, the police just being told, like, hey, stand down. So it's like, what do you want, like, like, what are you saying? Like, are are you really that dense to imagine that, um, that the, what happened on Wednesday is literally, like, the worst thing in the world? There's a quote that I heard, and I still think it's amazing, that, like, those who believe need no proof, but those who don't believe, no proof will suffice. And, like, that is basically this entire argument, where it's just, like, factually, you can go, like, day by day over what happened last summer and been like, this is categorically worse than what happened within three hours on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like it basically turned... Well, what they're... I'm trying to think for them, mm-hmm. which is not hard to do because they don't. Um, <clears throat> I would imagine that the argument is it is irreparable damage to quote unquote the democracy that we hold. This isn't a democracy. They think it is. 
and and that to me is the thing that I, I is frustrating. It's like this isn't a democracy, and it should never be. Like I I think that like we should start taking that word out of people's mouth. Like make that a swear word. Now you're coming to my my side of town, I guess. Not really. Um, we have different views of how to handle things. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I agree. Uh, democracy is a bad word. Mob rule is what it should be called. Yeah, just say what it is. I mean, I think if you left it by this, this definition, I think that people would just basically kind of see what side is best. Mm-hmm. But um, for all that went down this week, is there any bright spots? Ethereum. <laughs> I would say Bitcoin, but Bitcoin's going down now. Let's check it. Um, they, um, it's going back up. We're good. I don't know. I, I don't imagine. Like, it, there's a part of me that, like, have you ever heard of the fourth turning? No. It's basically the idea of, like, is a, um, our old friend uh, probably might have been interested in it. It's called a generational theory. Our old friend? Yes. Oh, okay. I think I know who you're talking about. And it, the idea is that America goes through like, different waves, and essentially it goes to like, four different waves, and eventually whatever party is the, 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 at the head of the fourth wave typically is the one that gets changed forever. Which okay. at this point would be the the Democratic Party, but it, it it's one of those things like if you look at uh, America over the years, eventually like, like over the since the seventeen hundreds, it kind of goes into like different four waves that kind of last between twenty twenty five years, and essentially it leads to a massive political change. I mean, consider like in the beginning of the century, uh, Democrats were like pro free speech, and at this point they're like completely anti speech. Mm-hmm. So just like. It's these just waves that occur where like the the parties just diametrically change. Interesting. So last one being like the Republican Party switching or flipping. Um, I mean, I can send you the thing, but yeah, send me. Is this what they're referring to, like when the party switched? Uh, in a sense, it, it, I mean that is it's a very cheesy argument, but yeah. So it's like you have the revolution. I'm sure you don't subscribe to this. I I don't subscribe to the idea that the party switched, but so then you have like we're here where it's like in the Revolutionary War you have like one two like the high the awakening and then basically the unraveling happened during the French and Indian War and then the crisis was the American Revolution and at that point that led to the beginning and the founding of the country. Um, to which now we're in, like, well, then afterwards came the Civil War, where there was the high, the awakening, the unraveling, which was the Mexican War, and then at that point it then led to the crisis, which was the Civil War. Mm. And then afterwards was, uh, the Great Power, and which was between 1865 to 1946, the high, and then the awakening was the Spanish-American War, the unraveling was World War One, and the crisis was World War Two. And to that point, that basically from there, politics in general kind of changed for a good while. And then now you have like the millennial, which the high was like during like the 1940s all the way to like 
now the, in the awakening and then the unraveling, which I mean, think about it, the Iraq war, it, I feel that, that drastically changed everyone's opinions mm -hmm. on like stuff to which at that point, now we're in the crisis phase where at this cultural? point, hmm? our cultural crisis. Yeah. Where at this point, like this is a, a, we're having a completely fundamental ground. So that we're changing everything. Mm -hmm. So, I am at this point. I think that we're. I imagine that things get really weird in the next six years. <laughs> Bring it on. Right. But to go back to the elephant in the room. The anniversary. <laughs> Happy anniversary, everyone. Um, woo. <laughs> um, we started recording this show a year ago. No. It's crazy. If you're old. <laughs> Do you feel nostalgic? Um, you asked me if I... I said no, I don't feel nostalgic, but... I feel nostalgic. I mean, uh, yeah, we were in a different place back then. <laughs> yeah. Different mics back then. Different table back then. <laughs> Do we even have a table? Yeah, we did have a table. Yeah. Uh, it was just a completely different setup. I, I'm We're basically professionals now. All that's <laughs> missing is the money. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, I, I think that a lot of it was is different now than what it used to be. Um, Back when we first started, it was going to be like basically a conspiracy. Like, and I remember it was... changed us. Yes. <clears throat> well, the conspiracies came to life. <laughs> but... Um, I remember I was still relatively normie. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm no longer. I I have semblances of normianism. Normie, normianism, still left in me. I so <clears throat> I guess to me it's like the way that I viewed it was. Um, have you ever heard, have you seen Breaking Bad at all? Uh. -uh. Okay, so essentially the the head runner of the show, the way that he described the show was like. Uh, basically Mr. Chip turning evil mm -hmm. and then the idea was just like a step-by-step -step just watching a guy who was like wholesome turn into a really terrible person interesting and to me I kind of viewed this show as this way as someone that was at least from watching you someone that was a pure normie just like the descent into being blackpilled um I still like to think that I'm not entirely blackpilled but you're still descending. I am descending. Um, there's actually a book coming out that I'm hoping that will change my mind. <laughs> uh, Michael Malice is releasing it. The Blue Pill for Dormies? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, he's actually calling it The White Pill. So, see, uh, we'll see how that stacks up and we could probably review it here. <laughs> it's just going to be an entire ironic... Uh, he's just sweating in rage. <laughs> Um, but just an entire, like, ironic book. It's supposed to be the white pill, but it's actually the blackest of black. <laughs> Maybe. I doubt it. Because he's been, like, talking about lots of stuff. Um, his main, I think his main thesis is that we can win. It's not we are winning, but we can win. I don't know how that would work, but go ahead. I don't know. That's as far as I can tell you. Cause I, 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 to me, I feel that... Uh, we would need to split. I, I don't see... That's any. his That's his thesis, too. Yeah, but like I think that we need to 
start the motions and basically saying like, hey, this country's going to be split in two. In two? Yeah. And then Why not 50? Uh, I mean, I think that some states are more dependent on others to kind of, well, they need some form of like assistance. I don't imagine. Split into 13, 13 colonies. I, I don't imagine, like, I don't know, um, I don't know, maybe like Idaho or something like that being that dependent. Or independent, you mean? Yeah, independent. I think that they kind of need a lot of, so they need someone to sell those potatoes to. <laughs> they can't just, well, just because they're by themselves doesn't mean they can't still trade. Yeah, but I don't know, like, I, I feel that they... I, I mean, like, maybe South Dakota, North Dakota. Those guys... They, they got oil. They do have oil, but they could just be one. They don't need to be, like... Does that make sense, what I'm saying? I mean, I think at that point, people would also leave places that, like, are terrible, like, maybe, like, Minnesota and Michigan. <laughs> really? Well, resources are the either of them. They don't have resources, but they have manufacturing capacity. You can build buildings anywhere. That's true. Um, I'm looking up. There's this... Um, map they split up the country into one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen nineteen regions uh, if you'd like to look so they split it up into nineteen regions um, and Ideally, it's, I, I, I think it'd work. Our region remains the same. More or less. We lose a little portion of it, but we, but like you're saying, we, like, those that aren't as dependent, like, can come over and join. So, I, I think that we just need to split. I, I. Uh, I, like, I just feel that America in general, what this is, is not going to work. And I'm pretty sure, like, the the Biden presidency is probably going to demonstrate, like, maybe this is maybe the last run for America. I agree. Um, but how did we get here off of... Oh, because you're telling... We were reviewing the past year of... Um, every United States champion ranked from worst to best... <laughs> WWE, WCW, and WA. Because um, currently, right now, on the screen, we were watching... Um, Alex Jones and the game. Yep, in the background. Because that's what we were going to review today, but it looks like we're running short on time. But, um, are you into WWE stuff? I think it's interesting to watch as a pastime. I agree. Um, <clears throat> but, um... We were talking about how you've seen me, my slow descent into Blackfield. Yes. To be Blackfield. Um, I'd like to argue against that, that I'm not, but there are certain parts of me that are. Um, but we are trying to harken back to what we used to do. Um, our second, it wasn't our second. First one was an overview, second one was critical theory. And then third one, I think, was when we reviewed... Was it the corporation or was it the America uh, destroyed by design? 
Okay. And then we did Corporation after Destroyed by Design. Okay. So our original plan was to, Man, like... I literally remember that morning, uh, this morning. Like, yeah? I Like, when watching that, because I woke up at, like, 5 in the morning. I have that in... Like, I know that entire morning by my by memory. <laughs> you woke up and, like, just were like, I need to watch this? Yeah. I'm Destroyed by Design? Yeah. And had I had had I already been planning on watching it? Yeah, like we okay, we, we are to, okay. Like, but like I remember that day of recording. Like man, I think like I even bought like a shirt for that day also. I think that's probably where like it started. Yeah, you are now wearing your "Give Violence a Chance" shirt, and I say no, I will not. <laughs> but um, that was the original idea of this show: is to review conspiracy. Um. To review a conspiracy movie. Oh no! Did we? When did we watch the Alien one? That was during quarantine. Okay. That was like right after. Because oh, I remember, like, I movie. had to, I had to call over the phone for that one. Remember? That's still such a great movie. Yeah, it was. Um, if you're wondering, I can pull up what episode it was. I think it's like six or seven or something like that. No, it's further along than that. But, yeah, so, but one of the things that we wanted to get to before we split up was uh, to watch Axiom's Endgame. Did we watch uh, Terror Storm? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we just skipped, okay. Should we, would that have been the logical succession? Because I remember um, America Destroyed by Design just seemed like so bland to me mm-hmm. because it already happened. Like, everything he was talking about is like, come to for it, for fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, um, Endgame, this one was a black pill for me. Like, um, I'm just looking up for you guys the. So I mean, it starts off. Episode six was was the alien. Okay. Still a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what you call like this movie? Like it kind of starts off slow. It starts off with the whole Bilderberg, mm-hmm. but. What? Some of his movies don't really connect very well. Like I, like I understand where he's going for this, but like, I feel like it wasn't necessarily like advantageous to the movie to have all that. Well, I, I think it's also because the the mindset of what we expect in documentaries at this point is different. Like sure. I, I think, like back then, we want we wanted as much footage as possible. So then that way someone can be like, look, like, this is a 20-minute scene. Like, you're watching that, like, they pulled the footage and what have you. So, like, mm-hmm. you can't say this is fake. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we're just kind of used to the idea of, like, okay, if we show, like, 10 seconds, we assume that someone else has the rest of the footage. Sure. Um, Times have changed. Yeah. Times have changed. So, like, I mean, this movie kind of suffers from the fact that it is from, from that era. Say it again? From 2006. Yeah, but this movie came um, in conjunction with Terror Storm. Uh, Terror Storm talked more about the... Should we do Terror Storm next week? Mm, I don't know. Is it not worth it after watching? No. I, I think Endgame basically blows it out of the water. Okay. Because, do you know how in the beginning of the movie there has like that little timeline that's going through it? Uh-huh. So, essentially, Terror Storm is the beginning half of that timeline. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. So right now I'm on endgamethemovie.com, uh, looking at the bibliography. Um, watched this last night, and um, 
I found it interesting. Um, I found out what the Logan Act is. Okay. Like, I figured, like... People reference it a lot. Yeah, there. people reference it a lot, and I didn't have any idea. Like, you're not allowed to... But... What uh, is, uh, what you're called? Um, Hunter Biden. Yeah, that would be... Well, it's a public official meeting with foreign powers. What is Joe Biden, then? Joe Biden. I wouldn't say Hunter Biden would qualify. Under well, I mean, the whole thing but, was... But Joe Biden would. Yeah. So, Logan Act is... As a uh, public official, you're not allowed to meet with um, other foreign officials in secret. Yeah. And that's what the Billiburg group is. I also learned about the Georgia Guidestones. Yep. I I had vague knowledge of those, but, like, when did those get put up, and are they just an, like, the guys, is it just an art art exam? I think it's more got um, placed there as a wish fulfillment. Kind of like thing, um, but right. But like, who did it? Do we know? Um, I forget. There, someone, someone funds it. I know that. Uh, Probably Soros, right? Soros connected or Soros Soros adjacent? Actually, uh, for the record, uh, Alex Jones did talk about it in um, that last. Uh, Destroyed by design. No, 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 that last uh, podcast with Tim Pool. Maybe that's where I heard it. But um, seeing them was an interesting thing. So it's like wishful thinking on the elite's part, hoping to eventually achieve that one day? Pretty much. I mean, uh, like, but the main thing that I think that is of question is uh, to lower the population by to 500, I think, million or 500? 500, 500 million, yeah. yeah. Don't let the population rise above 500 million leave room and for nature leave room for nature mm -hmm. and then um the other interesting thing is that they were written in so many different languages mm -hmm. so whatever remnant it remains they'll be able to read it and it will serve as a rosetta stone i guess i guess so interesting but then you also have um the whole um push for eugenics which yes. is pretty much the last half of the movie the last half where they get into the um, uh, what's it called like one child policy and all that fun stuff and then essentially that America has been doing it for a long time I mean but it's more gradual than what do you mean than China like China like just instituted it, but... I would say that China just set it out right, whereas America kept it, uh, like, in the background. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, they had the whole thing where they would go, like, into foster cares and then test on children, irradiate their brains. Um, the Tuskegee experiments where they basically, mm -hmm. you know... So then you also have, like, um, the... Uh, what's it called? Um... <laughs> uh, the Indians were basically the Indians were sterilized they also show that one clip of the girl where it's like she showed that she was not too smart and as a result they're going to like um, basically uh, make her infertile and then also the rest of her family which is a, is a Supreme Court case interesting uh, yes and they cited on behalf of the government 
Really? Yes. Interesting. Would that be cited in here? I'm sure that it's cited. Because um, I... right now I'm looking through um, all their, all the, like, topics, and I'm trying to figure out where that would be. So Blueprint for Extermination is Chapter... Five. Five, and then chapter six is post-humanist agenda. Yeah. But, um... Because I actually had to study that court case. It went to the Supreme Court. Really? Yeah. What was their ruling? Like, why did they cite... Because she was an imbecile. They literally said that, that she was an imbecile, and as a result, she not procreate and expand those genes. Interesting. And that's what that movie was based off of. Interesting. Um, but yeah, like, if you were to study America, America has a, a series of, like, very, like, someone went in, um, just for, like, some rudimentary thing, and then they were like, oh, you're Native American, hey, uh, we got another checker for you, and then they basically, like, put them out and then just, like, destroy their womb, and at that point leave them barren. Interesting. And that's, I mean, think about, like, if you think about it, like the what happened to the Native American population, it's like they live in reservations, sure, but then at the same time, like should they not have also developed a large amount of numbers? No, it's because basically we've made their women barren and infertile, so then at that point, the amount that like grew was incredibly small. Interesting. Did I like just miss that in the movie? <laughs> you, uh, that was a part of the movie. That was. I watched it at night, and I might have dozed off a couple times, so might have just missed that one. I thought I got most of it, but apparently not. Um, the other thing that interested me is the focus on what the the elites focus. This was in the first half of the movie. The elites focus on um, hurt, hurting all of their cattle, quote unquote cattle into the cities mm-hmm. and walling off exits to make ghost towns. You've talked about this before and like it was interesting to see the proof this time around. So And then I think the movie doesn't end that way. That was the first half. I'm pretty sure it ends that way. Really? Or maybe the original ended that way. Maybe. Because I we watched the extended version. Yeah. Um because in the original, I think, ends that way where they basically, they don't want people going off into these, uh, so they want the, the population lower so then that way they can track the population easier and they don't want people going into um, anything besides metropolises. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the whole thing where they want to track vehicles every step of the direction and then basically put it under the idea of carbon tax. Mm-hmm. That's the... Hasn't Alex Jones recently went back on the carbon stuff? Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking about... He hasn't gone back on carbon tax stuff, but he's gone back on... Not back. He's developed a new stance on he said that carbon-based life forms and whatnot. That we need carbon. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, So it's not, like, it's not like developing a new stance. He's just elaborating yeah. further. Um... But yeah, I, I think that this documentary is pretty much a black belt because you, you can see, I, I thought that this would be a better conversation to have had than people talking about the pandemic. Because you, you, you had the whole thing where it's like, 
Um, you can was, easily see this happening. Yeah. So. Uh, it was like Prince Harry Phillips or what have you, where he wanted to like come back as a virus and then take out 80% of the population. What? That was a quote that he did in 1988. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you can find it in the citation as well, but go ahead. Uh, Type in Prince Phillips. Um, find a page. And then... Um, Must have dozed off for longer than I thought. Prince Phillips, virus, and then depopulation. or In the event that I am reincarnated. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just lost it. <laughs> In the event that I am reincarnated, search. In the event that I am reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus, as a deadly virus, in order to contribute something to solve overpopulation. And like this is what they these people were like so concerned about. Mm -hmm. And this was 1988. It's not like it was like oh like a hundred years ago. Like this was recent. Mm -hmm. So. <clears throat> Does Plandemic connect with Endgame? I, I think that Plandemic just, like, a lot of people <coughs> came at it in the sense of, like, oh, this is just the government trying to, like, control you and basically make you into cattle and make you subservient and stuff like that. Uh -huh. And it's just like, that's not the conversation that you should be having. Like, if you want to have the conversation about depopulation, that is, like, more of a pressing thing. Because it's like, I, I don't know, it's just... That's, like, killing people. Because there's too many of them, when there's actually not too many of them, as opposed, I don't know, aren't they equally bad? What? Killing in general, <laughs> whether it's by a virus or by, in the name of overpopulation. Sure, but I guess like they went the route of Malthus and believing that like eventually, if it overpopulates, it'd be too little food, too little, like, um, like, essentially that would create a scarcity issue. Interesting. But technology will keep up with us, so. Have you ever heard of Deagle.com? No. Uh, it's a website that, like, tracks, like, statistics. Should and I look it up? Sure. Um, Deagle? D E. G L E. Two E's? No. D and an Eagle. Oh. D E A G L E? Yeah. Dot com. It's pulling up. Well, essentially, the whole thing is that um, Deagle pulls statistics from government approved websites and then makes predictions interesting so it's just like all right so this is what like the statistics were like in uh, 2017 what have you and then it's just like all right well we predict that there's like the um like their gdp is going to go up and then their like um population is going to go like up or what have you um but when it comes to america it has it as that the population is going to go down to 99 million. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. 
Um, but then in the bottom, uh, Deagle basically says, we don't comment on any of this. It just happens from our algorithm that are based on what the government provides to us. Is it this one? Uh, I think so. Okay. That's the uh, the forum section. They should have like a statistics or something. Statistics reports. Warning: the chart includes the items delivered per year. Interesting. I don't think this is the right one. What, what do you mean? Um, I'm pretty sure it is. Because it's talking about like orders per... Deagle forecast. Oh, Deagle forecast. Right. And I was on DuckDuckGo because... Um, Here, I'll send you the link. Thank you. I don't know why this is not pulling up, but so. So, yeah, it has a list in the bottom. Mm. And then, basically, what they forecast for 2025, and their forecast for 2025 is that. Million. Yeah. Interesting. So, the future's going to be weird. Yeah. So, I would like to take this time to kind of go back and reiterate what I've said to you before. Okay. Um, the future is going to be terrible. It's going to be bleak. <laughs> I would suggest that the, the way that you preserve it is that you, A, start memorizing people's phone numbers of those that you consider loved ones, because I'm pretty sure that most people are used to using their cell phones to remember that type of information. Uh, I would say start saving up money. I would say also pay off your bills. Fiat money? I or gold I mean, I would say save up anything that you feel is going to be useful also bullets good luck finding bullets then basically store up rocks and get a slingshot <laughs> like figure out like at least some way of home defense I think that like maybe you start learning to plant start learning to like grow your own crops cause learn to compost if uh, Chaz has taught us anything, is that <laughs> people nowadays don't know how to farm. Well, I have, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five people that I'm close with that are amazing, excellent planters and gardeners. Okay, but... Six. Six people. So, like, I have, I have options that I can learn from. Yeah, and then I would say that... Start learning skills. I, I think those are things that are very... And if you don't have someone close to you, guess what you have? The internet. Yeah. So. Uh, I would say, I mean, you can... Learn how to build shelter? There's that. Uh, there's infographics online that can guide people to do a lot of good things. Mm -hmm. uh, you can probably look up the infographic. They'll teach you how Wiki to... Wiki how. Uh, how to uh, grow 100 pounds of potato in basically a one square foot rate. Yeah. Is that real? Yeah. Really? So basically you build like a box that's layered okay. and at that point as it grows it basically builds a bunch of potato well not builds it grows a bunch of <laughs> builds potatoes yeah interesting uh, it grows a bunch of potatoes and it should like is this on like like wiki how um oh my back is stiff <laughs> um 
So there's lots of things. Have you heard of the website, like Art of Manliness? I've heard of it, um, and then, yeah, there you go. Okay. That's yeah. crazy. 100 pounds of potatoes. There's also the picture that I was referring to. Oh, so as it as it grows, you continue to put layers on? Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. And that could be useful here in the future. And I have power tools to do so, so. Yeah, so I mean, like, I think that it's, um, it, it is. If you need to borrow my power tools, more than welcome. Like, it's a, I mean, yeah, there you go. This is why Idaho is not going to go anywhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> they can grow. If they employ this, they can, like, quadruple their, or let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. They can 6x their potato crops. But, like, people are going to just, like, grow their own easily and then just at that point leave mm -hmm. Idaho in the in dust. Yeah. I think I, like, I think I'm going to set a goal this year to actually, like, plant a garden. Yeah, so I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, like I, I've made it at this point a goal to take care of my finances. Yeah. Almost done. Nice, man. Uh, I think that, like... There's nothing more liberating to not have someone that you're paying money to, and then basically when you're... Each paycheck comes and you have to yeah. give a portion of it. Yeah, that sucks. So then when you get to actually get a paycheck and then know that it's not going to be siphoned off somewhere else, that's nice. Mm -hmm. I would say, like, figure out different ways. There's snowball calendars and, or calculators for you out online and things mm -hmm. like that. Is like, that how you did it? Uh, no, I just paid them. You just paid them? <laughs> <laughs> Don't need help. Uh, I mean, I, I talked to a financial advisor that basically told me, like, what my issues were. And then I was like, all right. And I spent, like, two weeks taking care of them, and I'm better off now. Interesting. That's cool. But, yeah, like, I would say, like, really, maybe to steal a idea from Joe Rogan, imagine yourself as the best possible person ever. Like, whatever either fit or, like, basically successful or what have you. Whatever you imagine you to be at your most successful. Like, if you just had to imagine that. Now, think about it. What did that person do to get there and then do that? Interesting. Worked hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, working hard, sometimes you just have to acknowledge that you have bad habits that are detrimental to you. Okay. But I'm saying that the future is going to be terrible and you need to start working on those now. So you can be that best person in the future. Yeah, you need to look good when you get stabbed. <laughs> For having the wrong opinions? Yeah. Right before you go to the um, interrogation room where they'll torture you? Yeah, well, it's like when you're going to be like Jack Ma who no one's heard of since and the media has put a blackout on having any discussion on them. Yeah, interesting stuff. Well, I don't have much advice other than what NSA Mod has already imparted unto us. Um, watch Alex Jones. He has everything cited, so everything is a possibility to come true. Um, if you're prepared, then you're better off. But if you're not prepared, good luck and stay safe. Gradually, by selective breeding, the congenital difference between rulers and the ruled will increase until they become almost different species. 
a revolt of the plebs will be un become unthinkable as an organized insurrection of sheep against a practice of eating mutton. Yeah. 
Chill. 